the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We broadcast from Scottsdale, Arizona, and last night we had rain, glorious rain. Today is sort of like a sauna, but when you're on the desert and it cools it down a little bit, you're very grateful for that rain. It's been an interesting week. Um, I accidentally, and let me tell you, it was really accidentally, spilled a glass of water in my computer, and let's just say... I'm the owner of a new laptop, and I will never, ever have water near my computer again. So don't do it. If you have a cup of anything sitting by your computer now, move it to a safe place. I've had a computer forever, and this is the first time I've done that. I don't ever want to do it again. Today on the self-improvement blog, you'll find that there's now a pill. Yes, a pill to help you with self-esteem. No kidding. There's a little bit of humor in that, I think. There's an article on the blog about the preciousness of life and one by our guest about finding a cure for AIDS that I think you'll really find interesting. You can also find our guest's bio there and a picture, so I encourage you to go visit. If you don't know how to find the blog, it's HTTP, the W's, the self-improvement blog. Com. I encourage you to visit. It changes every day, so you can come back often and still see something new. Today we're going to be talking about AIDS, and it just so happens that the International AIDS Conference is meeting in Washington, D.C., beginning on the 22nd of this month. It's a premier gathering for those working in the field of HIV, as well as policymakers, persons living with HIV, and other individuals committed to ending this pandemic. What's interesting to me is that I've been trying to get Jesse on the show. We've been trying to get it together for almost a year and a half. Um, and now, just before this huge conference, it comes together. There's going to be, they estimate, something like 20,000 people attending this conference. And it's a very important one. But I think we can probably learn more from Jesse about AIDS than from most of the attendees at this conference. When I was working on the blog one day, when I first started the radio show, I came across an article by Jesse Snyder. It was beautifully written and it touched my heart 
so deeply that I set out to find Jesse Snyder. I knew she had to be on this show. So we've been trying to get it together ever since. Jesse Snyder is a 39-year-old freshman now at Full Sail University, where she's pursuing a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in creative writing for the media. And she writes well. So, you know, she's going to come out on top on this one. She has a story to tell that needs to be heard. In 1987, she was infected with the HIV virus after receiving a blood transfusion during a surgery to repair a broken neck. She was 14 years old at the time and about to give birth to her first child. Now, get that. She was 14. She was almost due to have her baby. She was infected with the HIV virus in a blood transfusion. After passing HIV to her daughter through birth, she decided she wanted to share her stories to inspire others and make a difference. A talented and inspirational writer, Jessie has several pieces of her work posted on various websites. She has written two books Sleeping with the Angels, A Story of Courage, and True Inspirations of the Heart, both yet to be published. So if you're a publisher out there and you're listening to this show, you know, let me know and I'll put you in contact with Jessie because these are really worth publishing. She's had one of her poems, The AIDS Prayer, published in the 1998 Tetrahedra. All of Jessie's writing is dedicated in memory of her daughter, Deandra Mae Snyder, who lost her battle with AIDS on January 26, 2000, at the age of 12. And I think Deandra would love to know that we're dedicating this show to her and her beautiful memory. Jessie Snyder, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you. It's so good finally to get you here. Yeah, we've, we've been going through a lot trying to get, get, get things set up like you get here. <laughs> yes, we have. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us what it was like growing up, being pregnant at 14, whatever you want to share with us. Tell us about who you are. Um, well, I, like I said, I, like I say in a, in a lot of my articles and stuff that I write, I've had a pretty rough, a pretty rough childhood. I had a stepfather who was an alcoholic and he was very violent. Um, you know, then at seven, I seen, seen him get, see him murdered. Then at 14, like I said, I became pregnant and, you know, it was kind of a way I was, I was rebelling against my mom when I ended up going with the guy, but it was just something that, something to do, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Well, at 14, we're rebellious. And when you have a a, a childhood that has a lot of roughness, you're looking for just somebody to love you, somebody who cares. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know if I had, if I had told you, but, uh, DeAndre's father had got killed when I, in a car accident when I was seven months pregnant. So, oh my. So you had grief piled on grief. Yes. Yes. But you know, I, it was like. But when I when I became positive with HIV, I I had been I had went to the clinic, started going to the um, the MIC clinic, which is the Maternal and Infant Care Clinic at General at General, and they told me that um, 
they they didn't they didn't say anything about it. you know I started started when I was three months three months pregnant. Well, the six months after I had the blood transfusion, they come telling me I needed to be tested because it was mandatory. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if it was mandatory, why didn't you do it way back at three months? Good question. Then I got the six months, you know. So they waited until after I had the transfusion to tell me it was, you know. So that's how that came about. And anyway, now, what year are we talking about now? This is like 1987 or something like in that. Seven. It was in 1987 because I had my surgery in June of 19, 1987 and in July of 87 when they told me to get the test. Okay, let's talk. How, how did you get a broken neck? What happened? You know, here you are almost at the end I of your pregnancy. I my neck broke twice. Oh. <laughs> I, the, first, the first time I was racing downhill with my, with my little brother and I hit a high crack in the sidewalk and flipped about four times. I, that was on a Friday afternoon. Monday morning, I woke up and I was paralyzed from my neck to my waist on my right side. Oh, my goodness. How old were you then? I was about uh, 12 years old. About, yeah, about 12 years old then. And we walked about 20 miles from our place because we, we was homeless at the time. So we were staying at a shelter. And we walked from the homeless shelter to the hospital. And uh, it, was a, it was a good 20 miles away. And I can remember the doctor running down the hallway hollering, don't move, don't move. And I'm like, what, what, you know? <laughs> and he told me that if, I, if, if, it, had, if my, it was a pinch of my spinal cord and if it had to move another millimeter, it could have either killed me or I'd been paralyzed for life. Oh, my goodness. Then when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, I was walking away from a fight. Because, you know, I knew I was pregnant and I had no business fight, which, you know, I, yeah, and then I don't, I'm like the person, I'm, I, I, I like to ship, uh, spread love, not, not fight about it, you know. Gotcha. As they, as they say, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> so, um, the girl, she came up behind me and hit me in the uh, back of the head with a two by four and rebroke my neck. Wow. And I went through, I, I had to wear a halo brace from the time I was, uh, three months pregnant until I was a uh, seven months pregnant. Then at seven months, not only did my baby's daddy get killed, but we also became homeless. So from the time I was seven months until I had my daughter, I was living in on the streets or in, uh, in one, actually one of our neighbors let us stay in their garage and that's where the ambulance came to get me, to take me to the hospital. Oh, Jesse. Now, how does a kid cope with all of that? What kept you together <clears throat> during that time? I have a very, very, very strong faith in God, and I'm very spiritually connected. Uh, I have been going to church since I was five years old, and I've always known that, you know, God is the reason. Not to mention, the first time I had my neck broke, um, me, me and one of the nurses, the nurses from my hospital, she was a member of my church, and we got on our knees and prayed. Later on that night, we had, uh, we did a, uh, I was sitting there, I was laying in bed, and as I was looking up at the wall, I seen this vision. And everybody says I'm crazy, you know, you don't see visions and stuff, but I don't, I don't listen to that, you know. I know what I've seen. But in the vision, God was, at, I mean, Jesus was at the top and Satan was at the bottom. They was arguing over my soul, or who, who was going to win my soul. And, you know, uh, 
Jesus, at the end, Jesus, uh, Satan said, well, I want her, and he, I'm, I'm going to make her life a living hell. And, and and Jesus said, well, you can give her what, put on put on her whatever, you, whatever, because she's always going to come through. And I, cause I, I just, you know, after, after that, I'm like, I just, I knew it. I mean, it doesn't bother me. That's, that's amazing. Oh, and then you had your daughter. You didn't know at that time you had AIDS. No. You found that out um, before she was born, or no? She was born first. It, it, it was before before she was born. Before I, she was born, you knew it. I, I found out. I found out in July, and she was born in November. She was born November twenty third, nineteen eighty seven. Let me ask you this. And you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but how does it feel to be a kid who is about to have a child and here you're infected with the HIV virus? What, you know, how did you react? What, what, where did you go I, in your mind with for that? For me, I already knew. So, I mean, because when, when, it was just like when they called, because when they called, the day they called, they called for us to come and talk about the test results, it was on a Sunday, and I was at church. And while I was while I was at my church, this incredible force came over me to go up to the altar, and and I had already been saved and baptized and everything. So you know, I I, I was like, you know, why why am I being pulled up here? You know, and it, it was around twelve noon, twelve between twelve and one o'clock, and my mom said, and my mom was at home. When I got home, she told me that they called around 12.30 and said that we need to come talk about the test results. I looked at her and I said, well, I already know it's positive. And she said, you don't know that. You don't know that. And I'm like, so we went in the next day and sure enough, you know, they said I was HIV positive. And it was just like I accepted it immediately. Immediately, I didn't go through denial. I didn't go through all of the other things, the anger or anything that most people go through, you know. And right. I, 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 I have always kept a positive attitude because I, it's, it does make me uh, see life in a, in a different perspective, you know. I mean, I appreciate the smaller things in life now, you know, rather than the bigger. Exactly. Every day, that I, every day that I'm alive, you know, I, I thank God because it's, it's, it's another day I've got to teach somebody or, or, or share my word with, with somebody else. And when did you find out that your daughter was infected with the HIV virus? Well, when she was first born, all she had was my antibodies. But when she was about, um, I say about, I think it was about thirteen months old, they said that she was actually positive. It's time for us to take a break, Jesse. When we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit more about your daughter and that that part of your journey. This okay. is Irene Conlon with my guest Jesse Snyder saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. 
Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on World Talk Radio Variety. Everyone has a belief system that they stand by. It's comfortable and safe. If you believe that a hot stove will burn you, you won't touch it. Sometimes beliefs like this are practical, but some belief systems may be protecting you a little too much. These are the ones that might be holding you back. There's a secret to changing your belief system, and by doing so, achieve goals and live a happier, better life. Start by tuning in to Subconscious Beliefs with Dr. Hein Lambricks, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Today we're talking about AIDS with Jesse Snyder. Uh, we were talking about how she contracted AIDS through that blood transfusion, what, you know, what it was like to hear the doctor say you have been infected with HIV, and then you found out that your daughter... I don't know, how long did it take for you to find out that your daughter was infected? Tell us about that and tell us about your daughter. My daughter was an, truly an angel sent by God. I mean, you could put her in a room full of angry people, and, I mean, she'd be in there two minutes, and they would all be laughing and getting along. Oh, lovely. That's the kind of personality she had. She had such an aura around her that, I mean, okay, like, on her, when she, in her last days, um, she was getting uh, platelet infusions every other day. She was being fed through a feeding tube in her stomach. She was back in Pampers because she couldn't control her bodily fluids. And she was so weak that she had to be propped up with pillars. But she had made a friend in the hospital. Uh, and she she wanted to call... The little boy had uh, cystic fibrosis, I believe it was. And she wanted to call her a picture for that little boy. So she asked me to, to help prop her up so she could call him a picture. She used all her strength to, you know... Call her picture for, and this is like the week, before, the Sunday before she died, and she colored that picture, and then me and the nurse carried her over to the little boy's room, and it was just so amazing. I mean, both of their faces lit up like a light. It was like they just, they didn't have a care in the world, <laughs> and I'm like, for a 12 year old to do that, you know, I mean, every every mother or every mother says their child's an angel, but my child was truly an angel. That's but why. But your child, yes. <laughs> Let know. me ask you this. 
when when Deandra was born, did she just have the HIV virus, or had it, you know, had oh, it come had, to be AIDS? She had, she had HIV virus. And and when did you know that she had AIDS? Uh, she became full blown when she was probably I think about three, two or three years old. She became full blown. Yeah. And, uh, she started. She, it was when she had her first uh, opportunistic infection. Um. She had the PCP pneumonia, the you know pneumocystis carnitina. Right. And uh, then from there, she just kind of went downhill. Did she understand what was happening to her? Yes, yes. She 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 was very very intelligent beyond her years. I mean, she she truly knew that you know she was dying. I mean, even even at the end, you know, they 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 had me. Uh, I had to. I ended up signing a do not resuscitate order for her. Because um, she was just, she was ready to go. She didn't want, she didn't want to live on a machine. And, I mean, it was the hardest decision I've, I had ever had to make in my life. But yeah, no mother should ever have to make that decision. It was, it was her wish, you know. And I had, to, I had to grant her wish because she was such a wonderful child. And she, she fully understood that, you know, by sign, by me signing it, that that meant that she would, she was going to be, she would never live. Right, yeah, it's a tough one, but she has given you maybe more beautiful memories yes. than anything else could have. When did you learn that you had full-blown AIDS? That was not a, you were not full-blown AIDS in the beginning, were you? No, I see. Nineteen eighty-seven, I was diagnosed with HIV, and and I believe it was uh, nineteen ninety-four. Is when I had my first opportunistic infection. I had uh, the PCP pneumonia as well, and I was in the hospital for three months. I they they two times during the three months. Well, one time during the three months, I actually died for two minutes, and then uh, another time my right lung collapsed, and just various other you know major major things like the doc- the doctors when I came out my my doctor said I was their miracle child because I shouldn't have lived through all of what I went through. <laughs> no, I, I was I would say I that's knew, a good title. I knew then that 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 I needed to be out there to spread the word because that's that's when I found out that was my calling. You know that I needed to be able to get out there and let people know, hey, just because you've got this disease, you know, it, it's not a death sentence. You, there is life after an AIDS diagnosis. So. Yeah, there's a couple things that brings up for me. Uh, I want to talk about your passion in life, but before we get there, I want to talk a little bit about your view on why there's no cure for AIDS. In your article, you said you don't believe they'll find a cure in your lifetime. Do you still believe that? Yes, I do. You know, why? Why, why is that I, well, actually, with as much research as they're doing? To be honest, I, to be honest, you know, and, and I, I didn't want to uh, say it like this to be blunt about it, but I actually believe they have a cure, but it's only for those who have the money to pay for it. I understand. Because as I said in that article, you know, uh, the only way that, that you know, if, if they put out the cure for AIDS, the pharmaceutical companies, the doctors' offices, the clinic hospices, all you know, all the people that that that's taking care of AIDS patients, they're going to be out of business. I but mean, there there are drugs that can cure it. Is that, that what you're telling me? 
That's what I. That's what I feel. That's what I feel like. But it's. I mean, I I can't prove it, you know. But I. That's what I feel like because. Do Do um, many people who have AIDS feel that same way? Uh yes, I, I quite a few of my friends feel the same way. So we need to get the word out, don't we? That a lot of people feel that way, and see if we can budge, <laughs> budge yes, exactly. the research and the pharmaceuticals off their whatever you know, if they have that kind of stuff. you think about it, the medication I'm on right now for a month supply is like five thousand five thousand dollars for thirty pills. Oh, Jesse, how do you manage that? Uh, unfortunately, fortunately, I am on uh, the, the the Tennessee the Ten Care, which is you know the state uh, Medicaid program. So I, you know, I'm I'm being very fortunate about that. Um, so I mean, but I, I, I don't know how anybody in a lower income or middle income even could afford five thousand dollars a month for medicine. You know, I know, I know. This man. is life-giving, life-supporting medicine that you must have. And I hope people listening to this are really hearing this, $5,000 a month for medicine to keep you alive. And, and just imagine, that's just one one medication. I mean, that's not, that's not even counting the people that's on like th- two and three and four different kinds of medications. You know, I, I'm, I was fortunate enough... It's three drugs in one in one pill, um, but you know there's a lot of people that have to take like four or five different medications for it, and each one of those medications is anywhere from three to six hundred dollars a month. I mean, I mean, it's just it's outrageous. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's you know, and and all you did was have a broken neck and get a blood transfusion. Yes. I mean, <laughs> you know, people. A lot of people think it's only sexually transmitted. Well, exactly. it's not. It's that's. Exactly. I think most people realize now that that's not the case. Um, at least I hope so. And, and if they're listening to you, then they certainly should know that. But you're still very passionate about life and about what you do. Tell us about that passion assignment and then when she told me mine was the best in class I knew right then that I was when I was prone to be a writer and then you know after my, of course after my daughter passed away I just said okay you know this is this was really telling me that I need to get my word out there and I started really writing this stuff and started writing more books and everything I think we've lost Jesse momentarily but this is a time for some of you who aren't familiar with AIDS to learn more about it and about how it infects people. This is a disease that many of us are not familiar with. We don't know anybody who's had AIDS. But this is a very personal kind of disease, and it, it, it totally messes up your life, uh, generally shortens it, and is something that if there is a cure for, it's not available to many people who have it. Uh, so, you know, we, we need to pay attention to that. That's what this conference of people from all over the world is studying right now, are coming together to discuss treatment. Um, Jesse has 
started college several times and not been able to finish, partly because of finances, partly because of just so many things going on in her life. But she she writes beautifully. If you can, go to a, a website called eZine Articles. That's E-Z as in zebra, I-N-E, com, and search for Jessie Snyder and read her comments. She also has a blog. I'd have to look it up uh, to see just where it is. Um, uh, and I will give you that. Go to the selfimprovementblog.com and... You will find it in that lead article. And I think we have Jesse back. Hello. Hi, Jesse. I was filling in a little bit while we lost you. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I don't know. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of picking up off of Wi-Fi right now, so my signal sometimes does go in and out. Um, you know, Jesse, what you have to say is worth us waiting for. Yeah. Um, so, you. you know, we'll just... We'll just do the best we can here. I was telling them that I want you to tell them I was going to find your website on my on my website. Give them your website so they can read more about you. Uh, and well, if we lose new- you again, that's a good time to do it. My newest blog that uh, I just created is called um, "It's My Pathway to Heaven." Blogspot.com. That's M Y dash Pathway dash Heaven dash you got to put a dash in between okay blogspot.com if you'll send me that link I'll put it on the web, on my website too so people can find you I we sure were talking will. about your passion go yes. into that a little more yes I, I just I love to write you know I, I've been like I said I've been writing since I was nine I've really been serious about it since I was probably about uh, 15 or so and then, like I said, 1987, 1980, well, 1997, I submitted the article to Tetrahedra, and in 98, they published that. And then um, just recently in 2000, at the same school, I had one of my essays published called My Passion. It was They wanted to know, wanted to know what your passion was and, and what your passion in life was, and they actually published that. I just, um, this month... I will have a one of my poems, my precious child, which is which is about my daughter, and it will be published in a book called Stars of Our Hearts. It's put out by the uh, World Poetry uh, Foundation, and they said it's supposed to be released in, released in July of 2012. So wonderful! I mean, it's it's like yeah, and, 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 and I'm just thrilled and and just very honored that people. Think that I'm such a, a wonderful writer and inspirational to them, because that's that's what God told me to be. Well, you know what? I'd say you're giving it your very best shot. In all of this, you've had a number of accomplishments, mainly with your writing. Um, I know you have two books, uh, and I know you're working on them. I, I'm assuming that you're hoping that at some point you can get them published. Yes, very much. I, I definitely want to get the uh, uh, Sleeping with the Angels of Story of Courage published. And actually, I wanted to say uh, that, that that title came from my daughter on her deathbed. 
So that, you know, she asked me to write, she asked me to write something, either a poem or something with the, with the title, uh, Sleeping with the Angel. And so I Googled the title and there was like, you know, several of them. So that's when I added a story of courage to it as, you know, to make it a little bit different. Right. <laughs> it was just like, you know, it, it just fits so well. <laughs> you know, Jesse, you've had a lot of challenges and it sometimes these challenges really make you prioritize things in your life. What are the most important things to you now? Um, staying healthy, spreading the word, and believing, keeping my faith in God. Three really top priorities. Um, it's time now for us to take another break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Jesse Snyder, saying please stay tuned. We'll be right back. making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune in to Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Jesse Snyder. And we've been talking about what it's like to be infected with HIV and to have to live with, with AIDS. Um, Je- uh, Jesse's been so open and real for us. Um, we really appreciate that. Jesse, I want to talk a little bit more about you. What do you consider to be your greatest strengths? Um, I, I would say my greatest strength is, is to be able to keep a positive attitude and keep, uh, keep, keep the people around me positive. 
you know, being able to share love and and, and just, you know, being great. Um, I did want to say this real quick, though. Um, you know, I was really honored that you have when you first emailed me because we both share the same name. Oh, re- oh that's right. Because my name is Jesse Irene and yours is Irene. And I don't know if you know this, but Irene means peace. I do know that, actually. And uh, Jesse actually means uh, God's grace. Ah, uh, grace and peace. <laughs> so that means that you are a gift. Yes. I don't know of anything much more important than keeping a positive attitude, a positive mind frame. And, you know, if, if they made a movie about you, I would have to say they'd have to title it True Grit 3. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, right. Yeah, you, you just keep on keeping on. And, you know, I, I hear so many people complaining because they don't have a new car or they can't buy the huge house or you know their their designer clothes are getting too expensive or whatever and i think of you and i think you know what they need to meet jesse you know, they need to meet jesse because priorities <laughs> shift a little bit when you've had to experience some of the bumps in the road that you've had okay then the flip side of this is what are your weaknesses what do you consider your weaknesses and you know we're not going to dwell on this one um actually i would think my only weakness is i like to procrastinate (laughs) (laughs) welcome to being normal (laughs) that's the only part of me that is normal because everything else is like unnormal (laughs) tell us a little bit about what your life is like now i know you're in college uh tell us about that tell us you know, how you make it? How do you make ends meet and go to college and do the things you do? I'm actually, uh, what happened was, see, I've, I've been, I've been, I was going to this, uh, NS, uh, NSCC from, uh, uh, 19, from 2009 to March of this year, I was going to be a medical secretary. And I, I, in March of this year, I decided that, you know, well, I don't know. I, I, even though I would like helping people in that kind of way, that's not my passion. So I went on the internet and I started searching for a school, and I happened to uh, I, I subscribed to a, a Writers Digest, and I seen an ad for Full Sail University, and it was talking about the creative writing degree. So I, I you know, I looked it up and everything, and, and within a, within a, a month, I was in in there. <laughs> they was able to give me the financial aid that I needed. Uh, the loans that I needed. I even got two scholarships for the first semester to help me pay for it. Um, I have uh, been signed up for several other scholarships. Um, I mean, it's it's just been it's just been wonderful. I mean, this is like my dream come true, you know, because I believe that to get a bachelor's degree in writing, that would just be the the golden stamp on the, on the envelope, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, and it was exciting to me to to when I heard from you that you were getting a degree in writing for the media, um, and that's how I found you was yes. on the internet. And I'm thinking, yes. oh, this is so I heard, perfect. I actually write for about about seven different websites right now. That's great. You can write one for me anytime you want to, and I'll put it on the self-improvement blog. All right. I, I, yeah, I, that's a promise. Um, 
what, and this may be a tough question, what have you learned from this disease? I learned to respect the disease. Don't take things for granted, you know, um, and see how, how you put it. You know, instead of um, t- taking life for granted, you've got to really take care of yourself. And you've got to keep a positive attitude and you've got to take your medicine and you've got to eat right and everything like that. Because if you don't, then you will go downhill. Absolutely. All of us should do that. You know, those are things that all of us should do. Yes. But when you have an illness especially, then you need to keep the rest of your your being I mean, actually, balanced. My, my CD4 count today is higher than it has ever been since I was uh, diagnosed with HIV. Okay, and tell us what that means. A CD4 count is, it measures how well your immune system is doing. A normal person's CD4 count without any disease is uh, from 500 to 1,500. Mine is 1,019. Oh, that's really good. It has low S22. And when you got as low as 22, what was happening to you? I was having a lot of infections. I was in and out of the hospital I would go in the hospital and come out, come out, and within a week I'd be right back in there, you know. And it kept kept going on, kept on, kept on. But this medication that I'm on now, uh, you know, I call it my miracle drug. <laughs> it seems of- to me that you are something of a miracle. Is this unusual to be able to be as, I guess my word is vital as you are. When you uh, had it, AIDS I, I, for this there, long? Yeah, I believe it is because I have never, you know, in my lifetime met anyone who has lived as long as I have with the full-blown. Full I'm not saying there's no one out there, but I haven't met them personally. So if there are, there's, we're, we are very few. You know, once you hit full-blown, you pretty much die within five years. And I've had full-blown AIDS for 17 years. And see, I think that's so exciting. I think that's such a strong message to other people who have AIDS. If you take care of yourself and you take your medicine, you eat right, and you keep a positive self-mindset, hey, you can overcome anything. Yes. Do you believe in miracles? Yes, definitely. I do too, <laughs> um, and I think I think in many ways you are one. Um, you have a family now, don't you? You have, you've had. Uh, I know you've had um, another child in your life, although I think it was a foster child or. A, a, I have a foster son who will be thirty this year. Nine years, and that's only nine year difference. But he, as my as my son, <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> My mom, my mom got he. Well, his mother brought him to my mother when he was two months old, wanted her to babysit, and she never came back for him. Well, when I turned eighteen, my mom had got too sick to take care of him, so I kind of took over, went went and got custody of him. And but even even during those uh, during during that time that before I got custody, uh, she was. I was the one that took care of him. Like when he had the chicken pox, I stayed out of school. Whenever he was sick, I stayed home from school, you know, because mama had to work. 
So I was the one that raised him. I seen this. I seen him walk his first steps and heard his first words and all of that stuff. You know. So he's he. I was just basically became a mother at nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and probably a very good one. I mean, it's amazing to me that you managed to you finished high school. Yes, that that was my greatest accomplishment. I mean. I was, because, you know, all through high school, because of me having HIV, they would not let me go to school. They made me do uh, uh, my schooling on homebound. Well, uh, my teacher, uh, my homebound teacher got it set up to where I could walk down the aisle with my graduating class. And everybody's looking at me like, who is she? <laughs> yeah, where did she come from? <laughs> And I was just, I was just so, I was so proud and smiling. I couldn't even say nothing. I mean, I, I think I even broke down and cried with Sammy handing me my diploma because it was so, I was so thrilled. I mean, it was, it was like, yes, I did. I made it, you know, because they told because yeah, that's I, a huge accomplishment. Because when, when, when I was diagnosed, they told me I wouldn't live to see my 18th birthday. You know what? I guess you showed him, didn't you? <laughs> I said, I wish I could find the doctor that told me that now because, look, that's been, what, 30-something, uh, 20-something years ago? <laughs> you know, Jesse, that's a, such such an important point you made that you didn't buy in to the fact that the doctor told you that you yeah. could not live to be older. Yes. You know, many people, and I, we've said this before on this show, when the doctor says you're going to die in six months, they will die the day that six months is up exactly. because they totally bought into it. But we don't have to. No, now, our minds are so powerful. And you knew that instinctively that you needed to keep a positive mindset. Where did that come from? Did somebody teach you that? Or do you just know that inside yourself? I just know it inside myself. You know, you could teach people how to overcome obstacles. You could teach people how to become, how to stay positive in the midst of so many reversals in your life. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I have touched many people. Uh, I don't know if you uh, go. I found out the other day that if you go Google my name, either Google Bing or Yahoo, my name is comes up top on the list. If you Google what? If you put my name. In oh, Google. your name. I, I suggest that everybody does that. You know, do it now. Google Jesse Snyder, J-E-S-S-I-E. Go ahead. S-N-Y-D-E-R. Look her up and then, you know, go out and spread the word that you don't have to be sick. You don't have to be a victim. You can rise above it and you can help people like Jesse. You know, who was struggling so much for so long. Tell me what's in your future, Jesse. What's going what what do you got in that pipeline? Uh well I, I, I as I said, I've written two books and I'm trying to get those published. Um also I'm a, I'm actually working on my third book now, which is called The Sky's the Limit. The Sky's the Limit. Let's talk about that. What's gonna be in that? That's good. Uh, the Sky's the Limit is gonna be about all the the accomplishments that I have made, the adversities I've had to overcome, and how I have have made it to the point that I am now. That's fantastic. You'll have three books coming out kind of maybe all at the same time. 
Um, and as I said earlier, if there's a publisher out there who's listening to this, you know, I'll help you contact Jesse. And you know, you know, I think that she's not. Am I losing you again? Nope. Where are yes. you? We've got you live and clear, Jesse. <laughs> Where you're on. I think we are having a little problem again, but I know Jesse's not going to give up. Jesse, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> we did lose you there for a moment. These things happen when you're working on the internet. You know, they're in and out sometimes. We've had a good challenge today, but certainly our yeah, broadcast is sort of like your life. Getting ready to go out, and I'm like, no, 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 do it again. You know, broadcasting is sometimes like life. You have your ups and downs and your ons and offs. And, you know, we just have to live with it. Um, What is it inside you that motivates you to write? Um, What motivates me to write? What makes you have to put your, you know, makes you have to put those words on the paper? I just, I just want to be able to write to give the, spread the message of God's love, I guess. That, I mean, that would be the main thing because, you know, I know that if it hadn't been for, for, you know, for God, that I wouldn't be here today. That he's the one that, he's the, he's the head of my life. And like I said, because I said, I'm very, very spiritually connected. Um, like ever since I had that vision, you know, way back when I was 12 years old, you know, it's like, Okay, I know I'm going to go through a lot of trials and tribulations, but I'm going to overcome them. So my next step is I got to tell people about it. That's you know, and and, and you have, you know, you're 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 a beacon of light, I would think, to other people <laughs> who have AIDS. You know, and and when the word gets out about what you've done with your life, you know, that beacon will be for anybody who's having trouble. You know, any kind of trouble. You've been through financial trouble. You've yes. lost a daughter. Yes. You've had AIDS. You had to live with HIV for all those years and then full-blown AIDS. Um, you didn't get to go to high school, but you still finished. Yes. You know, you got started in college and realized that you were on the wrong path and started all over. Some people yes. would have just quit at that point. Exactly. You did not. I'm very... I'm, um, I have very, uh, a, a strong will and a lot of determination. Yes, I'm you do. Very determined to, to get what I want out of life. And and what is that? I what just do I, 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 I don't want. I, like I said, I don't write to become rich and you know famous like that. I write because I want to inspire people. I want people to know that that you know there there is a life out there, and you can enjoy it to the fullest. I mean, you can. You don't have whatever situation you're in, whether it be a disease or drugs or homelessness or whatever, you can overcome it. All you got to do is just believe in yourself, you know, and have that strong, positive attitude. Ah, I think you've hit right on, right, hit the nail right on the head. You know, if you could do. Anything you wanted to do, and you had all the money you needed to do it with, what would that be? I would like to meet Maya Angelou in person. Oh, 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 that's a lovely one. 
Oh, she's wonderful. She is my mentor. I, I mean, she, she is. She, I think she is partly why I love to write so much. I mean, I have got, I have got several of her books, and uh, you know, I keep. I'm, I'm, I'm linked to her, her website and everything. I mean, I'm, I love Maya Angelou. Dr. Dr. Angelou is my favorite. I mean, I don't know how to reach her, but you know what? Maybe we can give it a shot and see if we can. Wouldn't that be fun? If you get to Maya Angelou, you're going to have to tell her that I love her too. I love her poetry. I think she has such a strong voice. My my favorite poem by her is Phenomenal Woman. And she is one, and you are one. And we're right up to the end of the show, Jesse. What's the final word you'd like to leave with our listeners? Um, Can I give you the, the name of one of the other websites that I've got over 60 articles on? You sure can. It's uh, called writestuff.com. Is that W-R-Y-T-E-S-T-U-F-F.com. Writestuff.com. And yes. I'm assuming they can search for Jesse Snyder. Yes. yes, just put in Jesse Snyder and it'll pop up right there. And like I said, I've got over 60, uh, 62, 65 articles on there, articles and poems. Give us your website again. It's uh, My Pathway to Heaven dot blogspot.com and you had to put the dash between each of the words the first words okay now what's the last word you want to leave with our listeners just stay positive and believe in yourself and believe in god i couldn't have said it better myself next week's guest is yvonne perry who's going to be talking about her new book shifting into purer consciousness and her ascension training Tell us summit. Don't let that throw you. Ascension isn't probably what you think it is. So tune in next week and find out what Yvonne Perry has to say. Jesse, thank you so very much for being with us today. Thank you for having me on your show. I was very honored that we finally was able to make it. And as I said, as I was thinking about it, this, you know, we kept we've been trying for so long. And God just made it happen now, and it was just the right time. That's all. The perfect time. Keep in touch. Um, I'd like to let our listeners know how you're doing. And, you know, know, let me know what your articles are, and I'll put some of them on the blog, and we'll be good to go. It's time for us to say goodbye. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Jesse Snyder, saying thank you for staying with us today. Please come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com.